2: Hey guys, welcome back to another excruciating episode of the Nina Couser show. It really is rinse and repeat, um, dreadful, dreadful result, frustration, anger, fatigue, um, and that's that's just the fan perspective. I mean, we're not even covering what we just saw today. 3-1, it finished against Leicester City. I am absolutely disgusted and um Joining me on this podcast, I have two incredible guests. So without further ado, let me introduce them to you. Um lots of colourful language to be expected, so brace yourselves. Um, it is an absolute honor to have back on the two incredible, awesome dudes, Justin Wells and Amanda Angulo. Welcome back, guys.
0: Thanks, uh, thanks it,
3: for having us.
0: We just we just got a like a parental advisory warning sticker slapped on this, yeah. Justin. Because I know, because yeah, I,
2: know I, I know, I know what's coming and rightly so. Guys, I mean, talk to me about that. We've literally just finished the game. I know it's ridiculous o'clock where you are, Amando, and stuff. So, you know what? Just how do you feel after that? Uh, you know, like exhaustion and just frustration. But I, I mean, I'll come to Amando first. Amando, uh, give me your thoughts.
0: It just adds to the fucking abyss that has been 2020 and 2021 right like i'm just lost trying to figure it all out i mean ultimately for me it's just really frustrating to watch um and it's not so much like necessarily you know the results per se it's just the lack of (sighs) the lack of like grit in this team which is really disappointing um you know in the past we've seen it for the last two two and a half years this team has been really tough they've been mentally tough they find themselves in tough spots they come back you know they do the things that they need to do you know last year they'd go down a goal go down two goals and you'd expect them to come back it wasn't out of place even if 15 minutes were left on the clock you'd be like yeah we got that and sure enough we'd figure it out this year's a lot different um this year you know any slight thing goes wrong, a ref decision, var, you know, things go wrong. And sure, for us, it seems to be a lot more than for other teams, but things have gone wrong and we've been snake bit, but like we don't help ourselves. We beat ourselves pretty often. We just shoulder slump, head go down. It's just one of those things where you, sh- you really see how much we miss Virgil van Dyke and it's not even for his footballing ability. He just kept us together. He just. His presence there kept people calm. Shoulders never dropped, you know, chins never fucking dropped. These guys just kept going, plugging away, knowing that there was gonna be an outcome, knowing trusting themselves, trusting each other. That trust is gone. You see it on counters. We're not aggressive on counters. There's not that like one, two touch. We slow the game down. That's not who we are. Like we're we're too pensive. We're too passive. And then we just shoot ourselves in the foot. Allison Becker is been an imposter for weeks now, whether it's because he's had post-concussion syndrome or whatever it may be, he's just a shell of himself and the team is a shell of themselves. And I don't know how we turn it around at this point.
2: It's deeply frustrating. It just seems like a collective horror, horror show. And um Justin, I as took a sneak peek at your um at your um uh your, your your timeline. Well you tweeted before the game and you kind of anticipated um, uh, a bad result. <laughs> Oh, yeah.
3: I, but the reason it would the reason that I anticipated the bad results, not what happened. Well, it is sort of what happened because Henderson did get burned repetitively by Jamie Vardy, who looked to play off of them. But I think the best the best thing I could think of in that game is like if, you know, I wanted to wake up early, look at have something go right for three quarters of the way and then have the final quarter go terribly, terribly wrong. I could just watch a video of myself putting together Ikea furniture. Like it's the same fucking experience for me. Um, it's all just. It's, 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 that's, that's the experience for me right now. It's, you know, you can, you go ahead, you dominate a game like that. And then in just the final, because we dominated them for I don't know 75 minutes, basically until the, until Madison's goal, Liverpool with the better side and to just see them hit the self destruct button and melt down in a manner that was even more spectacular than the week before. I think this is even more spectacular than against City because City were dominated against us and you know deserved to beat us. In this particular game, we ran them off the pitch for quite some time and then every it, it's like and it's also like it's kind of a uh, bad because it's all linked to narratives that you're seeing. It all falls apart because of the fact that you have Thiago making a bad tackle that leads to a re- that leads to a uh, you know a VAR decision that goes our way, and then I know Armando, you don't want to hear this. A VAR, de- another VAR decision that doesn't go our way, which is which is insane. And then they can't pick themselves off the up off the mat. After that, they just can't pick themselves up off the mat. Everybody, it's like it it's it's ridiculous. Like the mentality monsters thing is very far of the past. And this team, you know, if they, if they want to. Like, we're reaching broad ripple of this could have, like, a, a real lasting trajectory impact on us. If they want to write that, they have to figure something out and get a, grow a spine quickly. Like, you're not going to get help from anybody else. The The team has dealt with a lot of adversity. The, the guys inside that club, inside that training room, and inside the manager's office, those are the guys who have to figure this out. And basically, if they can't figure it out, the, you know, the ripple effect is going to be bad. None of us want to see it. We want to see this team in the Champions League next year because we know what the outcome is going to be if not and mm-hmm. they have to cut performances like this out immediately if they plan on getting there, especially in six pointers because this is a six pointer. We would have jumped into third, right Now we have a chance of actually opening up you know next week in seventh playing against play, playing a, a game in Hungary and then coming back and playing against Everton. The shit needs to get righted soon and there was little evidence right there that this is that they're even close to figuring out what's wrong.
2: Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a lot of questioning uh, certainly of like how the heads dropped, certainly after that VAR decision. Last year that would make us really angry and, you know, just touching on some of the players that were probably just natural leaders in that team. And you can tell how exhausted and mental we all are, because like in Discord I just pretty much tagged myself. Um I I, I added myself instead of um Uh, Somebody that was having a conversation with me, which just pretty much sums up everything that you know, we are all absolutely jaded, it is horrible to watch. But this show is all about the callers and the guests. So I've got a couple of callers, we'll bring the first one in. Yona, welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Nina, how are you doing today? Oh, yeah, (laughs) expected. Yeah, Uh, I just just wanted to point out I, I, I think I'm alone here, but. I think Kabak was at fault for, like, two of the goals. Like, not to be negative or anything,
3: but unless... Oh, he's definitely at Ali... fault. He he a fault. A fault for the third. He's definitely at fault yeah. for the third. For the, the, second third one, yeah. the, second, the second one, I think, the thing that everybody has to reason through... Not to cut you off. Sorry, sorry, not to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, no, no, no. no like go this, ahead. The second thing that everything... The, the The thing that people have to reason with is because of that artificial crowd noise that's piped out, we can't hear them communicating, so we don't know if Allison has called them off. We don't know if Al- – or we don't know if uh, you know if Kabak has told Allison, I've got this covered. So, like, it's it, – it, you're, you're placing blame based on, like, half the story because you also can't hear them communicating. So, you know, you, it's a test. It's a test as to what to you say, want to it. – Yeah, it's a Worshaw test upon what you want to get to.
0: It's unnecessary on Allison, though. Like Kabak was there, Allison, bro. Like I get it, you want to be sweeper keeper and shit, bro. But like, fucking stand your ground sometimes. It's okay. Trust these dudes, cause like I don't know, it was necessary. He clearly
3: clearly doesn't.
0: And then secondly, I mean, I get it. There's not a there's not a solid partnership at the back at at the center back position. So yeah, it's constantly revolving door. So that's a problem.
2: I think Alison feels really claustrophobic because while I think there's a trust issue, I also think that he feels quite claustrophobic because they are literally on his throat. You know, Amanda, you spoke about him being a sweeper-keeper. What does a sweeper-keeper need? Space. What did Virgil van Dijk and Gomez offer him? Space. They played the a well, high-line. Yeah, that's you that's know?
0: exactly it. But, like, even for, like, uh, you know... Kabak, like, okay, he's going up against Jamie Vardy. He's unfamiliar with the league. He's probably unfamiliar with it. Dude's got a ton of pace. Like, I get it. I get it. And he's got Jordan Henderson playing next to him. Not a knock against Jordan Henderson. He plays some nice fucking passes. He's been serviceable where he is, but he's not there. We need him way closer to the opposition's net than what we're doing right now. And I get it. We don't have the players, and and we don't have the bodies to do it. You know, but we put ourselves in that position, too. You know, I, I don't know what... You know that's the problem. Is we've been great because we've been healthy. That's why we've been great for years. Now we're not healthy, and it shows that this small ass squad doesn't work. The reason that City wins no matter who's out, Aguero could be out, and it doesn't matter. Shit, Mo Salah's out, and it matters a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like those are the differences. Mm -hmm. Like, and I'm tired. Like I get that people are criticizing these players. I get it. Like I'm criticizing them. I'm watching them, and I'm like sitting here and it's like, fuck, Diago was fucking terrible today. He gave the ball away way too much. His touches were heavy. A lot of the passes by a lot of the team were short or too heavy. There's reasons why, like things in the past, were just work out, and they're not working out this year. And I get it. Fine, whatever. But like for me, it's it's a lot. Like it, it's a lot. It's a lot that these guys just don't trust each other. These guys aren't as confident in themselves. These guys aren't doing anything that they would do. So I think honestly, like Allison. It's a confidence issue at this point. Like when you play the position and you play with the style and, and, you know, the, the fucking, you take initiative like he takes and you make decisions and you're, how often do we see him make the right decision, be there on time? And for the last few weeks, he's lost and it is a trust issue. He doesn't know what these center backs are doing. He doesn't know what these auxiliary center backs are doing. And it's tough. Like it's tough. I get it. But we, to Justin's point, no one is going to save this team but this team. They need to look in the fucking mirror, and they need to do this for themselves, or they need to do this for fucking Jurgen. Like, Jurgen puts his neck on the line every week in the media. Like, he doesn't make shit about himself. He tries to fucking talk about the team and be honest and say, these are the problems we're facing. But, like, at the end of the day, these guys need to show up for him. And they're not showing up. They're just not. And I don't understand what it is. Because these players have way too much quality. I get that they're tired. But again, that's we did that to ourselves. We don't have a deep enough squad. We don't have like the depth. If somebody gets injured, that really matters. Like, we don't... The the, the gap... Fuck, look at Div. That's the fucking secondary guy that we have right now. Because Diogo fucking is injured. Div Orichi. The worst, arguably the worst player at Liverpool right now. Gets significant minutes because
3: we don't have anybody else. You're being kind. I'd actually say he's the worst striker in the Premier League, but you know, random. it's you're tough, like
0: bro. Like it's tough, bro. Like how do you how do you expect to win? Like how, you're not investing in the team, and I'm like a big proponent of like FSG. I don't think they've done a great job, but we're not investing the way we should. And I get oh, no, that those, it's the a models- fucking pandemic season, and I get that it's all these things, but we do this shit to ourselves. We can't expect kids to come through nonstop. Like, like Curtis is great. Trent's been great, but like, okay, spend some fucking money. We pigeonholed ourselves into go buying fucking some dude from Preston and expect him to play.
3: And yeah, fucking
0: bullshit, dude. I'm so over this, dude. Like I'm so Uh, over the poor planning here. We did this to ourselves, man. We were the champ. We are the champions of England and we didn't do what we need to do. We didn't do what we need to do to reinforce, to make sure that we stayed on our fucking perch. If something happened, so Jordan Pickford fucking cost us our season essentially. One tackle yeah. cost us our season.
1: I don't think anyone expected something this serious though with the amount of injuries we had. Like we have I I think we have enough squad depth but the the amount of injuries we've had come on that's that's not uh, natural that's yeah not it's
3: not it's no it, you're right it's not natural but I, I think that this is where you can actually critic criticize Klopp's usage uh, usage of the squad right now first off there are certain things that, from injury that you you can't really anticipate like samika's going down that was really bad because it's it's given him no chance to bet in it's basically made Robertson have to be overplayed but once again. I think that Klopp has been very uh, devoid of creativity in his finding of solutions for these problems this season, right? I, I, like I say this with the fact that like uh, Jurgen Klopp is like my hero. I don't mean this. This this hurts me to say, but um, he's been devoid of creativity in his in his in his solutions. Like Jordan Henderson, it should be clear by now can't play center back, and it should be clear that other teams know this because look at how often Jamie Vardy peeled onto him and tried to run past him, right? He can do all the things going forward, and like Armando said, because you know I'm the you know the the cheerleader of the Jordan Henderson is an attacking player and should be deployed in attack uh, squad. If you want to look at my you know Twitter timeline, you'll see that I echo this sentiment about twice a day because I'm you know just weirdly obsessive about it. There's there's other solutions you have right now for your center back problem, which is you know if you don't want to disrupt the defense, the, you know the, the center, your defense too much. Move Andrew Robertson into the center with Kavak and play Simbikas out wide. So you still, so you have an, a left footer playing the left side who under, who's also a better defender than Jordan Henderson, understands our lines more, and is used to playing with nothing behind him. There are all these solutions still staring Jurgen in the face, but because he is dogmatic and stubborn, which is why he's also been very successful, because his methods have worked far more than they haven't. That, you know, he's just, you know, he, mm. he's because of that, he's not trying to find other solutions to very obvious problems. Because right now we have very obvious problems, which is we're just so out of sync because we have so many players playing in positions that don't that don't bring the best out of them. Like Tiago, you know, we didn't buy him to play as a hardworking number eight. We bought him because of the fact that you have Jordan Henderson or Jeannie Wynaldum with Fabinho basically clearing up so much space and eating up so much of a midfield that he has time on the ball to actually orchestrate tempo and pass. He does not have that right now. And because he doesn't have that, his performances are suffering because he hasn't looked particularly good. And then he's also sluggish because he's overplayed because basically everybody's overplayed because of the ripple effect of having to shift midfielders back into your defense, just finding that finding its way every single time. So I have to say, I'm not impressed with how Jürgen has managed the tools at his disposal to this point, this season. And I think that that's also part of the problem. And I think that denying that doesn't get anybody, you know, just denying that is, uh, you don't get any brownie points for not calling, you know, a human being out for not being fallible at their job. Because I think Jurgen's also part of the problem at the moment.
2: Yeah, I mean, just to go back to uh, Jona's point about Quebec, I mean, Young kid, new league. I think, you know, I think we can all agree and we all have to be really sensitive. But I think one thing that we we all have to kind of agree on is the simple fact that, you know, these centre-backs have been bought. They need to be used. They will make mistakes. They will cost you games. But we need to persevere. And we need to not take, you know, like, oh, you know, he was at fault for the third goal. Yeah, he was. Absolutely he was. But don't hold it against him. Because, again, it like, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's it's a difficult decision. It's a difficult I, situation to be in, right?
0: I never thought I'd say this, and like I'm at rock bottom, obviously. My mental health is withered away because I even mm-hmm. this crossed my mind, but I miss Dejan Lovren. No. I do. I miss him. He shouted and shit. He talked, he did shit. Like, yeah, he fucked up a lot. Sure, granted. He was good for one a game, but these guys are good for two, three a game right
3: now. So what does it matter? I, I, I would take Laverne and I would take Laverne and Kabak as my pairing. One hundred percent to me at this exact moment, because you know what it is—they're both center backs—and I—and th- I think that you know, at the very least, as much as it burned us, there was a long period of time within which Jurgen Klopp trusted Dejan Laverne, and I know that the appearances went down as the personnel got better around him, but. It wasn't a player that the Klopp was like. I need to get rid of because I will never win anything with him. Because Jurgen Klopp because ha- Dejan Lovren has, you know, played played games in winning Premier League, Champions League, and winning Premier League and Champions League campaigns. You know, say what you want. I, I still will Good take. Jur- as I will, well. I, yeah, I'll take Dejan Lovren over Jordan Henderson at center back. I also partly this because once again, if Jordan Henderson is an attacking player. <laughs>
2: Fair enough. Fair enough. You any more points to add there before we move on to our second caller? Uh, it's
1: just fucking it. <laughs> <Yeah. Yes. laughs> what, what, what can we do? What, what can we do?
2: That is like the best. Response I, w- I wish I could play. Up, honestly,
0: that sums up the
1: mood there. I wish I could play. That's what. That's what I want.
2: Right. Are you listening, Jürgen? Sign up, Yona. <laughs> Yona um, yeah, I'll go
1: for free, mate. Come uh, on, again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thank you so much for calling. Um, try and join the rest of your weekend. I know it can be difficult, but do try. Thank you. You take care, Yona. Okay. Well, you know you've hit rock bottom when somebody as cool as Yona, who's always like so calm, just says fuck what the fuck you know what is going on we're going to go on to our second caller real quickly and then we'll kind of discuss the game see what what the callers want to cover there um yona wanted to talk about the defense and and uh, just the collective shit show we will move on to our second caller dave d um, calling again hi dave
1: uh-huh.
2: hey, uh. <laughs> oh, why, are you, why is everything making me laugh it's so bad you're right dave
1: Do you know what? If you didn't laugh, you'd cry your heart out, wouldn't you? In all honesty, let's not lie. Yeah, Um, pretty much. Yeah, it's. I think the the biggest thing that when you sort of say try and analyze it and not smash your head through the wall is that we weren't brilliant today, but for a large part of the game, we played well, Mm. and I think that the biggest thing that you take away from today is that. That goal goes in, and it's a collapse. There's no really other words for it. It's just an absolute collapse.
2: But do you not think it's something that you touched on, Dave, and also what Amanda touched on, and Justin touched on, saying, look in the mirror, you've got to pick yourself up, stop. And you said it on my last show, like, stop having pity parties.
1: Exactly. The one thing that I found interesting, which I actually liked, in a way, was when the the free kick was given, obviously, they had the whole VAR check for penalty, I didn't see it very, well, see often. I didn't see it at all today. I actually liked the fact that the camera cut to Hendo and he's digging out Tiago. Like, he was digging him out. Like, what are you doing? That's a stupid decision. I just feel it's a... There's a lot of nice guys possibly in our team and they, they just need to sometimes, you know, your teammates, you're not friends, and you need to dig your teammates out at times. It's that simple. But it's it's just like a house of cards, wasn't it? It was just a collapse. Ale. Alison, I don't, last season, I made a deal, I was honestly, I prayed at one point when we were like wobbling a bit, I was praying to God, I was like, please, if we win the league, we can be utter shite next season, and then I thought, I'll cover my bases, and I'll pray to the devil as well. I didn't actually think one of them would actually cash it in, but they actually have done this season, it's just got that bad type of thing, but it's just, a, a collapse would be the word, and mentality monsters, I I would actually say we are as fragile as we've ever been under Jurgen Klopp at the moment, and that is the biggest worry right now, in all honesty.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Amanda, I'm going to come to you. I mean, you know, this team was kind of lauded as being mentality monsters, but obviously the shit has really hit the fan this season, and, you know, some big big guys there, you know, the, the you know, the, the sort of leaders on the pitch aren't there. You know, you kind of spoke about Virgil van Dijk there and stuff. And this really does look really bad under Jurgen Klopp. And, you know, we need to remember as well, he's going through a lot of personal stuff that, you know, I cannot even fathom what he has been going through, you know, these, these past couple of weeks with all the personal stuff as well. And then on top of that, just, just how poorly Liverpool have been performing. I mean, what do you make of them? Um, this under Jurgen Klopp because I try I try giving myself a little pep talk when it comes to Liverpool and I always tell myself we've got to hit rock bottom before we climb back to the top but I'm um, I'm sat here every week like okay I think I'm done now I've I've learnt my lesson I'm humble enough can we start being blessed up again I mean talk to me about this because not only is it that the the players look absolutely knackered and spent and you know the fact that that goal was given. And it's just like heads dropped, like, here we go again. It, it feels like it, there's something bothering them mentally that they can't shake off. And I, I don't I think, think Jurgen th- Klopp's in the right headspace to kind of give them that. No, as well. and,
0: and I think that's understandable. Mm-hmm. I mean, shit. Like, I don't, you know, I don't even want to put myself in that position ever on, you know, I know we are going to get there and, you know, but that's a situation that's really fucked up. He can't even go home. You know, he can go back to Germany and pay his respects and do this and be with his family and be with the people he loved and, you know, and, and grieve and, and, and and digest it. Like I couldn't even imagine that to be quite honest. So yeah, I can expect him to not be in the right head space, um, but he's still out there doing his job and, you know, the guys need to pick it up and, and do more for him. I know that they're tired. I know that, you know, rotation is what it is and and you know losing players has cost us to play people more than we probably would have liked to and and in positions we didn't want to and you know in roles like tiago playing a hard-working eight that we didn't want to to justin's point but it is what it is and that's what we're trying to do uh and we're just trying to salvage the season i think ultimately it feels like they're going into games expecting for things to go wrong so when they do go wrong it's just the ah shit here we go again and uh we can't have that mentality you know like you can't go in already half defeated to games um, because it doesn't matter the opposition. It doesn't matter if it's, uh, it doesn't matter if it's Leicester. It doesn't matter if it's city. We see this against, you know, we saw this against Villa. We see this against other teams, you know, and we've lost games. We should have won and given up points where we should have uh, lost points and split them there. And, and that's just not something we're too familiar with, with this team. Um, this is like, I don't know. These last two months feels like Hodgson all over again, as far as the results, as far as watching the team kind of not have any confidence. Um, and that's, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. I mean, they're still the champions of England. They still, you know, are arguably when all things are, are, are right. You know, the most talented team in the league, but obviously, um, aside from injuries, it's just, they're not right. They're not right. And, um, we don't have long to figure it out, but I still have confidence in the team because of the quality and in the manager because of what he's shown in the past to to get us uh, top four. So I'm still positive in that, and I'm still, you know, I, if I was a betting man, I'd still put money on us getting top four.
2: Good to have a bit of positivity there. Um, Justin, I'm going to come to you because... I'm not saying it reminds me of this season. And I know Mando just touched on, like, it's, you know, like the Roy Hodgson era. But it kind of, the last time I felt so screwed up about something. And certainly when you have, like, a great manager, it was Rafa Benitez's last season. By no way am I suggesting that this is the end of Jürgen Klopp. I didn't want Rafa Benitez. I'm just putting that out there because people like to jump to conclusions. But what I'm saying is that season really frustrated the crap out of me. You know, we got...
3: Cool. Well we, we hopefully we hopefully we have nobody who's like a Jamie Carragher who's gonna try to snake him out of the club, but I don't think that that, that person exists because Jurgen Klopp's the most important person in the uh, in the mm. room. Mm. Uh, for me, I think it's like here herein lies exactly where I think it is. Do you want to go out punching or do you want to go out trying not to get hit? Right? Right now, we're trying to go out not getting hit. That that's everything's about risk mitigation. And it, that that feels so Anathema to how these guys are used to playing, right? Like, we're used to trying to be the ones to control everything. And this, I think that that needs to, that mentality needs to come back, right? It's, it, it, this is all mental. These players didn't immediately turn shit. Like, we saw Thiago Alcantara be absolutely incredible a few times in a red shirt already, right? He's not, he didn't turn into a crap player overnight. Now, he was terrible today, like, appallingly bad. But um, he's not the only one who's lost all form at the same time. Like part of it is we have a lot of players who played a lot of football who are a lot, who are very jaded, yeah. who have lost all form all at the same time, right? Like you, we don't have to make excuses for him. It's just an explanation. We know what this is, right? Part of it's mental, part of it's physical, and they can't cross the wall because they're all just burnt out. Like um, at, at any point in the last two months, have you looked at Sadio Mane and been like, "Yeah, that guy's a world class footballer"? I've either been- yeah,
0: one hundred percent. You're right, dude. No, there's no way. And you could yeah. say that about the majority of these cats.
3: Who is the? We'll put it this way: Who is the one player on this side who continues to really acquit themselves well in tor in horrible situations? It's Mo Salah. That's it. He's really the only player who seems to kind of show up because he what's his job? Sticking the ball in the back of the net. He's doing it more than anybody else in the league. He's the one player I'll give a pass to right now.
2: I think Robbo was in that category before, wasn't he? And he, uh, for me, he's dropped as well because, like he said, he's been playing He's playing so many minutes. There were glimpses
3: today from both of our fullbacks, though. Mm, That's the thing. Yeah. This is the frustrating part. They're not crap. You can see it. Robbo got up the field and into good positions many times today. He made horrible decisions when getting there right? Like <laughs> shooting when he should pass. He did have one really good opportunity to score where he had a shot that just, went well, he can yeah. 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 But he got himself into positions. It's the final ball, right?
0: Like, it's the final ball.
3: That's so, what it's been. That's what it's been yeah, for weeks. It's, all been it's the, the, final the final ball. ball. This, team, this team isn't crap. It's just the final ball doesn't come. And you're putting so much pressure on guys who aren't defenders to defend.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Dave's just come back into the chat box, and obviously he's he's commenting on on your guys' um thoughts there. And he goes, "Drop off for so many players has been horrifying, and it's actually true, isn't it? Because you look at the injuries, but they've all just gone off the boil, like together." Yeah,
3: yeah. And so I mean, Sadio Mane is having a really bad season by the standards of probably even like from a finishing perspective, an average Premier League attacker.
0: Right? Yeah, he's not been good. Um, He's not been good. Bobby's never been a prolific goal scorer. Um, If you look at his numbers, he's not that far off of typical Bobby season. Um, His touch is a little bad, I would say. Yeah, a little heavy in some instances. But we scored today because of his brilliance. Like, Bobby Firmino is that. Again,
3: again, it's Bobby Firmino doing things in the other team's area. It's not – once again, like, this is all not a secret. Where is Bobby Firmino at his best? you know in the other team's final third when they're when they're in possession hounding the hell out of them if you ask some people
0: right now they'd say on the bench
3: but do you get him in that position very do we get him in that position no
0: not enough not right now absolutely not not. and we're not having the runners that we need to have either a lot of the times for it to work the way that we want it to work for him playing the false nine or holding a ball you know they're not making the runs that we're accustomed to seeing them make
3: yeah i mean it's we don't get any of we have a lot of players whose best operating positions are deep in the other team's half and we're just not able to get any of them there enough
2: Steve right? pizza's come in as well and he wants to ask you guys a question obviously we know that we had a collective shit show straight after that equalizer heads dropped but before that um, Steve is asking you guys and I'd like to get your thoughts don't you guys think we were quicker than in the past with the ball today I mean, I mean sh- that first was so strange because we were the better team but they had the better chances yeah but
0: that's because our defense isn't good and Jamie Vardy's fast yeah that's literally why and that's what you expect from this Leicester team you didn't I didn't go into this game saying we're gonna lose because Leicester's gonna dominate the ball and make us look a terrible I went into this game feeling like Justin felt this morning because Jamie Vardy's gonna get one
3: I mean, and we I,
0: haven't been clinical enough to say we're going to get one at least.
3: I underestimated for seventy-five minutes that Brendan remembered that he was playing against us because he he, he set his team up to lose. Right? They didn't, but he set mm-hmm. them up to lose because right now they're just mentally tougher than we are.
0: Yeah, Liverpool but, beat Liverpool today, and that's the most Liverpool, frustrating exactly. part. Liverpool and that's beat what Liverpool it's been, today. and that's what it's been for yeah. like six to eight weeks. Is Liverpool's beating Liverpool? We're not losing to the opposition. Sand City, maybe.
3: Everybody yeah, else, like, we beat the, ourselves. That's, that's the part that's really... We, we are the architects of our own demise. And even We're the key
2: game, if you think about it, it was the M from Allison that... I think that game would have finished the draw, if I'm honest with you, had that not happened.
0: Yeah, but I don't think we deserve the draw.
2: Yeah, probably. I don't think not. we were the better team.
0: No, you we know, did have a
2: shot on target in the second half, which is I find absolutely disgusting. By the way, but it goes to show just exactly where we are as a team. But they weren't exactly, you know, gung ho about the whole attack as well. You know, like they we presented them opportunities, which we did in that game, and they took the gift.
0: Yeah, well, because the- because to Justin's point, our team did not automatically the players did not automatically become shit. So mm-hmm. other teams still respect these guys and their quality. If City went at us, just like we were any other Premier League team, if, if Jurgen Klopp didn't live in Pep Guardiola's head, that could have been seven or eight. But you know, they gave us that respect in that space.
3: You know what it if is? If not, we would have
0: been smothered.
3: You know what I think this is? Um, last year, we basically set up like a, uh, like, you know, the end of how Ferguson's era, how United won titles every season. Be better than every other team in both boxes. Yeah, And what are we right now? And maybe this gets us into fourth place. I don't know. It's possible still, right? Nobody should, like, you shouldn't give up hope on the concept of fourth place, even though it looks like, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be a struggle. You have to hope that it gets there. But we now, right right now, we look like a late Wenger team, right? Incredibly good and dominant in the middle thirds and just fucking toothless in both boxes.
0: I respect that. I think that's a, a great summation of the last eight weeks of Liverpool football.
3: Yeah.
2: What do you think it's gonna to take to bounce back? We've identified the problem. How do things luck. get better?
0: Look, it's gonna take a couple of bounces to go our way. Yep. Um maybe a bar decision or two to go our way so that we don't feel so snake bitten every time this motherfucker goes to the fucking little screen. Um I think it's gonna take luck. These guys aren't bad, but sometimes lucky breaks. Um, allow you to feel more confident in yourself. And until they get their confidence back, uh, they're not going to be good. You know, we and don't so how- have to be the best team in the world right now. We just need to be the fourth best team in the Premier League.
3: And we need to take out every single possible thing that we have on Everton next week.
0: Yeah, actually, an ass whooping on Everton would go a long way to this problem. Ass whooping on Everton can
3: really jumpstart things. We absolutely need to take them behind the woodshed. They're the architects. They're the partial architects of our demise. We need to be the partial architects of theirs. Like, I don't want to, like, and I don't mean this by, like, somebody, like, you know, charging through and, like, scything through Hamas, I mean, even though I kind of do. Um, I mean, like, we, you know, go and just beat them at Anfield three or four nil. If you can go yeah. do that, there's a chance to re, like, Go get a good performance in against RBL. Go get a good performance in against Everton. And I think what Klopp needs to do is remind them of the 75 minutes they played at the beginning of this game during the week and not the, the last 15. They just need to try to find ways to forget that, that, that these things happen. Like, it, it's, the, it's the thing. The thing in sports is that it's actually sometimes very good to actually be, uh, you know, a goldfish where you just only focus on, you know, the last 30 seconds of your life. Because that's how far your memory goes.
2: But have you guys seen Ted Lasso?
3: Yes, yes.
2: He 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 said that they need to one of his players, uh, the, you know, uh, be a goldfish, basically short-term memory. That's
0: that's that's how that's where Justin gets all of his, philosoph- his philosophy. Uh, and
3: yeah, basically uh, there in like uh, Twitter. Uh,
2: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> I'm joking. I do not get philosophical thoughts from Twitter. That would be dark.
2: That would be dark. You honestly. are the darkest
0: dude that I know. How about that? <laughs> and I mean that with the utmost respect and love. I love it about you. But Jesus Christ, are you
3: dark? Oh, You should have heard one of the thoughts I had before this, but I'm not going to go into it.
2: <laughs> I'm intrigued now.
3: Uh, the The irony for me would be that we somehow get back into the top four race but it involves every single team in the league having to seed us one own goal to start per game to start every single game. Like we need we need a we need we need like a, a handicap. Yeah, we need some help. Man. Really
2: we do yeah. need some help.
0: That's I'm what I'm saying. We just need some so- luck. We need some breaks. We just need some breaks. We need to win some games we don't deserve to win. We need to get some lucky bounces, maybe an own goal here or there against the opposition and fucking just, just believe in ourselves. I think ultimately that's all we need. Some luck. We've yeah. been very I mean, unlucky, I've, and it's not even injuries.
3: Pro, yeah, unfortunately, the problem in pro sports is that, like, uh, you know, and, and and especially at this level, is that when other teams know that some someone's wounded, they they you know they don't give you a chance to to ref to refind uh, right. any any form of confidence. Right? We're a wounded animal. Everybody knows that, and there's no fear to play with of us. Which yeah. you know. And it's up to the manager to try to unlock some combination because it has to come from that. And, you know, we don't have a lot of guys who, you know, step in and do much for us at the moment because, you know, it's what else? What do you have that didn't play today that you can that you can call on to raise the level of this team? Fabinho when he gets healthy? Sure. But it's going to take a little bit. Jota, Keita, fine. going to take a little bit. Uh, Davies? Maybe, maybe not. Don't know. He's played in the championships and he's twenty-five. So, you know, the, the step up's gonna be a lot for him. Maybe it will maybe maybe he can, you know, prove that wrong. But something, like some combination of how this is set up needs to change because the reason I wasn't confident before kickoff is the answer seems to be coming from you know, doing the same things over and over again. The and too much of what we do is uh is just kind of Mechanically, you know, mechanically, known. It feels like we're going through the motions and not handing anybody a single wrinkle. And like that's what we need. That, that's what we need. Teams need to think about something else when they're playing against us because sometimes the way out of uh, you know a bad patch of form comes from the manager changing something tactical. And we might need to do that. Find something that's been killing us and adapt and, and adopt something tactically to, to take care of that because we can't play a high line, but we also can't create sitting deep which means that you have to figure something else, some other way to create space for the front three. That's the challenge. Is that playing mm-hmm. a four-four-two?
2: Something's going to have to give. I think, obviously, playing the center backs, you know, I don't know what's happening with Davies. Um, you know... I, I think what, what you have here is a domino effect of everything just going fundamentally wrong. Um, so you've got midfielders in defense, which makes you weak in defense. Then your midfield has been massively hurt because your, your midfielders that had all the industry and the legs. I mean, Ginny looked absolutely spent today as well. I mean, I think they all look really tired. And then your midfield looks really weak. You've got players playing that position. Justin, you kind of spoke about Thiago there, you know, in terms of how, how bad his game was and, you know, and just how he doesn't just look natural in that position. He should be sort of pinging the balls. He's the passer. You know, he should be orchestrating the midfield and the attack, you know, binding those two together. So you've got all that problem. And I just think now, and I think Dad's touched on it on one of my shows, and I can't think which one, but it looks like we're just going to have to play maybe some basketball-less kind of football. And the only way to do that is bring your best players back into the midfield. You know, And yeah. abicator coming back to that. You know, we can't defend, fuck it. You know, we're just going to run at you. That's our strength. Yeah, it's got
0: to be something, right? Yeah. If we're not going to defend, then fuck it. Then go. Then go gung ho and try to score eight every every time. Like that's the problem. Is right now even on the counters, we're slowing the game down. Like that's not our game. Yeah. Like, but- just go and do it. Sky it over get the bar. Long. I don't give a shit. Be aggressive. We're not aggressive.
3: That's what, that's, that's why I said. Do you? Would you rather go out throwing punches or trying not to get hit? Yeah. Throwing punches. Yeah. We're yeah,
0: oh, we we playing, games to, to we're playing yeah. games to not lose. We're playing games to not lose. For sure,
3: yeah. You gotta you gotta throw punches. Like I understand that Klopp has a, a you know he, he's got like this weird blockus where he always feels like he needs um, you know H- Henderson right now at the deepest part of his team because that's the player he trusts and that's the area that he has the most trust issues at the moment. But like it's just not a fit. And I, 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 I'm I'm gonna go off on a little rant here um, on Henderson again, right? Because and I know I'm probably fixated on it a bit, but. When people are saying that Jordan Henderson is playing like crap in center back, it's not a slight on Jordan Henderson, it's a slight on the, uh, the circumstances that are forcing him to be picked over and over again. Everybody at this point knows what he brings to the team, right? He's been at Liverpool since 2012. We all know what he brings to the team. We all know what he can do and we all know what he can't do. We don't need to delude him to ourselves into thinking that he that there are things that he can that he can like he can do everything. He's not a particularly good center back. Bobby Firmino also wouldn't be a good center back. Genie Wijnaldum wouldn't be a good striker. And Allison Becker wouldn't be a good fullback. These guys all have specialized positions learned from doing it over and over again at the highest level through their entire careers. It's not shitting on a player to point out that being pushed to a position that doesn't suit him doesn't suit him. It's just right. stating the obvious. We yeah. don't have to sit, we don't have to bring ourselves through that. Right, and unfortunately, and, and I, and I, a
0: serviceable effort isn't good enough for this standard of play that we play.
3: Exactly, you have to play specialist center backs at center back. They know the position, they've trained in it, and if Jordan Henderson is Mart, like I'm pretty, I'm sure he's faster than Nat, Nat Phillips turning around and running backwards. But there are other competencies of a center back, such as knowing position, that usually sometimes can compensate for that. And Nat Phillips knows his things better than Jordan Henderson. If it comes to playing Oz and Nat Phillips together, to get Jordan Henderson into the midfield, a position that he specializes in, you have to do it. And this is just where I'm just getting driven a little bit nuts with Jurgen because he just has to be better with the tools at his disposal. If you're going through a rut, part of the way that you get people you know, confidence is getting them having to do things that they know how to do. Like a right. big and and you know allowing I, I them gonna, putting
0: them in positions to be successful so that it breeds that confidence. Yeah. I mean, this sure. sounds
3: I, I hate this because it's a cliche and it makes me uh, also have to compliment Bill Belichick. But do your <laughs> job. That's really what this comes down. to. Part of it also is we're t- you know doing your job is is and is the function and component of any system in in sports, right? Or for that matter, just any sort of any sort of manufacturing assembly line. You, you know, everybody has a specialized job that they do doing your it, 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 when you push this much out of position the people who are in their positions like Allison Becker feel like they have to overcompensate cuz they're not confident with everybody else doing their job mm-hmm. that's a huge problem for this team right now it needs to end if you really want if we're serious about getting a top 4 that's how that needs to go you can't you know there's no more playing players out of positions to make political points also cuz the transfer window ain't opening back up this season
2: you know what this reminds me of? A reverse of, you know when Virgil van Dijk came in and the defenders, to some degree, whatever combination or variation it was, they almost did not trust Simon Mignolet or Carrius. Do you remember? And there was always that big... Rightfully
0: rare. so. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah.
2: And there was always that big row, well, which one's better than the other. But right now we're in a situation where you've got the world-class goalkeeper and he's playing with centre-backs that aren't centre-backs. And he That's just doesn't
3: right. trust them. But you know what? There's a this is this is coachable though. Just get another center back there, even if it's Phillips or Davies, guys who guys who are probably championship level center backs. And I don't know. I've never seen Ben Davies play once in my life because I have not watched a single North Preston North End game. Um, but getting those guys in and just protecting them by having the best possible talent at every other position is probably the best way to get this right.
0: Yeah. It's hard to argue that. Like, we've already tried Jürgen's way. We've tried to play the midfielders there. Like, Fabinho's phenomenal. Like, he is. He's a good center back. Like, he's been great a lot of the season, you know, in an auxiliary position. But you know where he's really great at? CDM. Defensive
3: midfield? (laughs) You
0: You know know where he's the best in the world at? CDM. Defensive
3: midfield position? What's So, so the back am, am I willing to sacrifice a little stability right with Fabinho at center back? Protecting the back four? What do yes, we have right thank now? You. Zero. thank you. Basically no protection from the back four. Or, our protect, or when we do protect the back four, it comes at the expense of having another body being able to get forward so other teams can just uh, over, you know, outman, our, outman our attack, and again, you create nothing. Uh-huh. The problem mm-hmm. is all of these things are staring us directly in the face. Like, we know them all.
2: I can't help but wonder, I can't think if it's the third goal or fourth goal, I mean, the the second goal or the third goal, because literally my mind is at a blur. And I do believe, like, I could just imagine Fabinho's gangly little leg just clipping that out, you know, cutting that pass out.
3: Yeah, well, also on that goal, you know, if you have two centre-backs, right, Allison knows that you probably have one contesting the ball, one sweeping up and stays back. mm because he's used, because he's drilled into doing that. Because that's how Van Dyke and G- Gomez do that. That's how Van Dyke and Matip do that. That's why, that's why it's how, so
0: important to have yeah. those three be available and consistent. Your two center backs and your goalkeeper have to have that uh, relationship and that trust and that understanding. And when you're cycling through center backs and auxiliary center backs and midfielders and you know, Carroll. From fucking making lunch, goes out there and plays a little CB. This is what's going to happen.
3: Yeah, but at this point, you just have to play the center backs that you have at center back. That's it. That's it. You know, just hope that you, and and go for it, and just hope that they're good enough to stop the other team from scoring more than you, that, that less than you do. We're stop, I mean, stopping them is, from scoring more than you do.
0: The question is, you're is it going to be worse than it is? It's not. Like it's we're really already odd. losing and hemorrhaging points. Like just fucking play the guys where they play and let's see what At the happens.
3: very least it'll be more entertaining.
0: I would hope so, yeah.
2: Okay, so that's what we're going with then. I mean I mean speaking about this game, I mean, was there was there anyone that kind of blew you away because I thought, you know, Trent had some nice I think Justin, you touched on it, but I thought in the first half, certainly he looked like definitely one of our most lively players.
3: I thought Trent was, a. I thought Trent was, was our best player by a decent distance mm. today, which by the way is a good development. Like I'm trying to find other, I'm trying to find reasons to be hopeful because like I'm going to watch all these matches and I run a supporters club, so I should try to be positive, but you know, I think Trent and Rabo had moments that they, where they looked good. Um, Curtis had some did a, did a few things here and there um, I thought Mo uh, should have shot the ball more but you know he has a nice finish Bobby has a really nice assist um, yep yeah, those are those are the high points for me the rest of it's basically you know Henderson hit some really nice passes as Mondo uh, mentioned earlier that got us in behind and two of those passes that he hit in early Monet needs to shoot and Mo needs to shoot maybe we're up 2-0 and the game's different it just comes yeah, down to the fact that we don't take chances
0: last year they shoot last year they score. Like those are chances that last year they put away, and bad touches. Whether they're in their own head and want to take the extra touch, it's to 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 Justin's point. It's 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 very, you know, Wagner-ish at this point. Yeah.
2: Joanna uh, wants to know: Do you think Trent should go into midfield? He's played no. a bit more centre no. today. What? No. no. no.
0: Trent is no. the best right back in the world. Still, I don't care what anybody says to me. He's going through a rough patch, but what? No.
3: The only way Trent should go any further forward into the midfield or anything is if Jurgen gets real weird and plays a back three.
0: Yeah, fine. That's the only way. I agree with that.
3: Right. And even then, he plays right wing back in that situation. But um, there's just, you know, there are some players who can – what we need to do is lengthen the rotation of players we have at the moment as well. Who do you want to see play
2: more? Who do you want to see play more? Because we're talking
3: about – That's who the fuck I wanted to see play more. (laughs) That was who I wanted to see play more, too. But at this point, with what you got there, um, you know, you have to try to – I mean, part of it is you have to get Naby Keita back. But Naby Keita now is just replacing another broken number in the midfield because James Milner predictably got injured after playing too much at the age of 35. Um, But, I mean – the, the the options aren't that inspiring, but I think you have to play the center backs. Back. I think you have to try to play Samikas potentially a little bit to spell Rabo. Um, I don't know where and how at this point, because but at some point Klopp's gonna have to embrace the risk of doing that. That's specifically why you bought him. A little more Shack wouldn't hurt anybody either.
2: Yeah, I was just gonna say, should we not bring Shaq into the equation? shaq has been what,
3: good every
0: time he's passing, played.
3: Maybe. Like Shack, if you can get what if he's... you can get more midfielders in, that's maybe, it. Right, that's it. If you can get. If you can if get you, more healthy midfielders, so you because there's the you know what the possibility is we have to shift formation, the four three three right now having to suit three having to have three midfielders who are doing that kind of work at the moment, it's not suiting any of their games, right? If you we can you get more some, creativity,
0: yeah. If you play CBs and you play Fabinho where he's supposed to play, Shaq can get a run. That's all I'm saying.
3: Yeah. or but you can until play a double, do those things you can play a double pivot of Henderson and Thiago too you can play a double pivot of Ginny and Henderson with Thiago like there are solutions and options here they just have to be trusted but you have to get the you have to get the rotation of bodies in there more and right now Shaq I mean if you think about it we're playing in a 433 at the moment where if one of those three guys goes the only one of those guys we can afford to have go down Really, it, with injury? Because like, they're all being overplayed, so there's a chance that one of them might. The only one we can afford to have go down is Bobby because of the fact that you at least have direct replacements who can play up the middle in Salah and Shakiri, but you can't lose either one of those but, wide guys until Jota comes back, because then you lose all your outballs.
0: I would argue that we can't lose Bobby, because when Bobby doesn't play, we don't play our game anymore.
3: Well, I'm saying I, I, don't, I don't really think we can afford to lose either of them. But right. in reality, it's, you know where's the outball if we don't have either Mane and Mo? And Mane's been a really shit outball lately anyway.
0: Yeah, I would say at the moment, if I had to say, I think we can rotate some Mane a little bit more, but hey, that's just me.
3: Nigel's just
2: coming, and he wants to know, should um, should Jota be back in this side? I think absolutely. Yeah. That's where all
3: the goals were coming from. Oh, absolutely. Jota, <laughs> Jota right now would walk into this side for Sadio Mane for
0: me. The highlight of the season has been Diogo Jota.
3: Mhm.
0: Like that's literally yeah. it.
3: He, he I mean, look, we're we're going to probably I, I hope we're not relegated to it to where we're, the only thing we're rooting for is uh Mo salah's uh, you know, golden boot. Uh but remember he's still leading the Premier League in goals. Uh that's not so there's more than one highlight. But uh No, I think Jota walks right in for Mane.
0: It's hard to argue that.
2: It is really hard. And I think as well, what, you, what you've got here is a bunch of players who are attackers as well. And they, they're tired as well. They're tired. They're probably mentally fatigued as well. But what they're looking at, they, I'm not being funny. We said this a few seasons ago, and I'm sure I've had this conversation with you two as well. They probably look at that bench and think, he's going to challenge me. Really? Like, there's absolutely no threat on that bench.
3: None. It's just I guess, the golf ask-
0: and quality. That's all. Like I have no problem with a set 11. I think that's fine. Okay, you know, but like the golf and quality like is just terrible. You know, and even Jota nobody expected Jota to come in and do what he did. Like and what he's done so far. He was good at Wolves, you saw it. He had glimpses, but like the consistency in which he was performing early this season was unexpected to us. I mean, I could be wrong, but at least to me um it's, and the, he came it's in the classic and it a good surprise. player
3: it's the classic good player, you know you know very good to very good player in a uh, in an average team coming to a better team and becoming a very good to great player because he's surrounded by right. very good to great players
0: but yeah i think right now he walks into the team you yeah. know aside from mo you could argue he could play either the other two spots up front um yeah i think diogo needs to get back and It's not necessarily a challenge for position, but just spell. Give these guys some rest. uh, Allow these guys to watch the game. Give them a different perspective. um, And just you know, start believing in themselves again. I think, uh, yeah, that'll go a long way. We just need to see the ball hit the back of the net a few more times. Um, Whether lucky, good, wonder strikes, it doesn't matter. We just need to get a few more goals and our confidence back. Um, I don't know how we do it, but we're running out of time, and we got to do it.
2: For me, yeah. I think what they need to do is um uh, they need to come out and be angry. We're not angry.
0: No, we're not. So we we're defeated. Ourselves. Yeah, we're defeated. You see it. Um we're you just know, like, waiting for a bad something bad to happen in the game so that we give ourselves an excuse to to fault.
2: Yeah. I I agree with you. I think don't get me wrong, physically of course they're tired. I think, you know, that goes without saying, but I think mentally tired. And then everything going fundamentally wrong for them. I just feel like they've just had a bit of a mental collapse. And yeah, I mean, let's
0: know- not take away from the fact that, yeah, okay, we're injured. Yeah, okay, all these issues are going on. But the state of the world, the pandemic, you know, all these things affect people, you know, and they're yes. people. So I get it. Yeah, I understand yeah. that they're affected by all of it. Just like we all are, and then the the amount of pressure they're having the personal pressure they put on themselves to succeed at their profession at the highest level I can understand it but we're we don't have time for excuses anymore like this is it's time to shit or get off the pot for Liverpool Football Club this year if they want to salvage their season and play Champions League football next year
1: because we also at the same
3: time don't have room for stupid we don't also at the same time don't have room for stupid blame right like right it's there's a situation like you know what's going to now become right because our is our our fan base is relative gitzoid um there's there's and the media is going to play a part in this it's going to be tiago's it's going to be tiago's scapegoating um and you know we can admit that the performance level hasn't been what we expect but we also know why and just need to just to like also if like if you want to stay sane through all of this like just try to avoid contextless conversations about how this is going because mm-hmm. yeah we can't feel sorry for ourselves but at the same time you can't just throw blame around pointlessly just at play, you know at players who are forced to who are being forced to play out of circumstances that they are uh, that they're accustomed to it's up to it's up to the managerial staff right now to and i keep coming back to this they have to get players in positions doing things that they're comfortable with because right now it's just everything is stretched too far from everybody's, from their comfort zones and their specialties.
2: Yeah, I saw an opposition fan actually. And again, I'm all about protecting my my uh, my, my mental health and my inner peace, especially right now. And um, I saw an opposition fan sort of tweet. It ended up on my feed, on my timeline. Um, is it me or is it Thiago a bit overrated? You know when you have to sit on your fingers because you want to put him on blast. I'm like, really, you're going to judge him off this? You're gonna really judge him off everything that's going off. He was a superstar signing who was bought to add the finishing, touching, the icing, if you will, on, you know, this yes. wonderful team that we had. And yes. we saw the icing and we saw the glitz when he came on against a- Chelsea. That was the player that we signed. The guy that was having fun, the one that was pointing fingers saying, play it there, give me the ball, I'm going to ping it there. He had the most pass completion or whatever in in a half. He broke records. That's what we signed. That's what we got excited about. He gets injured. Everyone gets injured. And then he's been thrown into this horrible situation where he's not even playing in his natural position. And everyone's looking at him for inspiration. When there are players there who have been there for four years who are not stepping up.
0: 100%. He's a Rolls Royce player that we're fucking using as a tractor. You know what I mean? Like, that's not what he's supposed to be doing. Like, he's not that guy. Like, he's a fucking luxury player to your point, Nina. He is the icing on the cake. He is the sweetener to the pot. Like, he is the thing that was supposed to add the sheen to this team. And we're asking him to do a lot, and he's arguably the worst tackler in the world. And we're asking him to do a lot of that, and it's not working out for us. It's just not, or for him, and it's not fair to him, you know. And people will talk just to talk, and people will, you know, always blame the new person if they can as a scapegoat. Um, ultimately, none of them have been good enough, not one, and that's just the reality. Mo scores a lot of goals, and Mo's still going to arguably win the golden boot, probably most likely. And uh but that's just because Mo's incredible, incredibly consistent. And uh you know, aside from that though, it's it's it they're all to blame. Like they're literally all to blame.
2: They really are. I mean like I know we don't wanna have a pity party and stuff and but for me I just cannot get over and I have to kind of talk about this is uh, we have to go there because this is where all the collapse happened. I'm not gonna go into detail, we'll just keep it obviously this is what broke us essentially. Um, the, the Thiago tackle, um, outside the box. So they gave it as a free kick. Fair enough. Um, but the offside, the dodgy lines again, you guys, you've been on my pod before. We've had this conversation. mic up them referees. Let's, you know, put them in front of the camera. Let's have that conversation because quite frankly, the, them dodgy lines, I didn't know what they meant to be sort of highlighting, by the way. I have no idea what those lines are meant to represent. Or what What? What part of somebody's body is onside or offside? Because, you know... Um, it, the...
0: <sighs> For this, but Nina, there's... the rules are the rules, right? And ever since I've ever started watching football, and any of us have, if you make a play at the ball and you're in an offside position, whether you make contact with the ball or not and you're impeding in the vision of the goalkeeper, you are off sides because you mm-hmm. made a move towards the ball. There is no way in hell you can tell me that man didn't make a move towards the ball. The lineman saw it in real fucking time and said, hey, this dude's offsides. I don't, I don't understand. The replay just confirmed what this man called on on the pitch. We all saw it. So I don't understand, yeah. and it's not really worth my time to even argue this or get worked up about it because it doesn't make sense. I can't make sense of something so fucking stupid.
3: It's just I watch every like every single game I watch right now, and I see every single one in. Uh, in you know this this happened yesterday. I was watching uh, uh, Leipzig and Augsburg. Um, really dodgy penalty given on VAR. Penalty saved, retake called for because the keeper encroached off the line. Like I, I'm a big fan of trying to get things right, but the way in which and it's not just the Premier League. The way in which VAR is impacting football is terrible. And look, he's off. I think he's offside. I think he clearly makes an attempt at touching the ball. And I don't even know where they're drawing that line to. And then in the first half, you have Salah who's arguably fouled twice in the box, and we've seen penalties given off of those, and we've seen where they go to VAR, and they're just it feels like they're just changing the guidelines as to what, how, what and how VAR is used. And I don't and like look, it's going to impact. It, it, I don't think that there's like a conspiracy against Liverpool at Stockley Park. I just think there's a conspiracy to protect the, the uh, referees going on at Stockley Park. And how it impacts the league and the teams is just something that they're callously indifferent to.
2: Do you think, um, VAR would be very, very different had fans been in there? Because I can't help but wonder because I think we can all agree that home fans do have an advantage and kind of do yeah, to some degree Jiminy. influence the referee. And I do believe that some of those decisions, if they were at Anfield or something, you, you know that the mindset and the mentality of the referee would be completely different right now they can do it and think fuck it no one's going to question me no one's going to do anything i'm not going to be harassed here there's nothing they just make a decision the players don't really kick off much about it and then uh, you know it rinse and repeat i can do it again in the next game
3: oh no, i i i i think that that's part of it and i and i also just think that like there's no like you said being got a mic up there's no accountability for it like David Coote still refereeing games this season. He got like what he did with the Jordan Pickford thing. It's like, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable because you have to Mm -hmm. penalize people who go in for really serious, dangerous tackles to stop other people from doing it. And it's just the, the, the level and standard of just the inconsistency of refereeing is just atrocious. And it, you know, I don't. I don't watch this game to watch referees decide games. I watch it because I want to watch world class players do, or you know, just even just professional players do things that make me want to, you know, you know, impressed with how they're doing it. And Madison's free kick goes in because of an offside. Now, how that ball got through our entire defense is another question. But like, yeah. It goes through. It goes in because of an offside, and then we fall apart. And you, you know. If we think that if the, if the referee is making bad decisions, is able to you know disrupt these guys so strongly, it's uh, it's not good.
0: I mean, look, if we're at I've home, gotta, and that yeah. happens, right? You're watching this, and then it got given, and then you're sitting there, and as they take it to far, you're already thinking to yourself, this is going to be a goal. Like, there's no other reason to check this, even though your eyes are telling you one thing, the referee saw, the linesman saw one thing. You're all in agreement here, but somehow, some way. You're wrong. Mm. And you are. And when that if we feel that there's no way in hell, these guys on the pitch don't feel that. They know. And, and, And at that point, you're playing against a disadvantage in your head already. You're already going in there knowing that you're up against it. And, you know, then you have the 12th man, which is the referee. And at that point, it just feels like insurmountable to these guys right now, which doesn't make sense. But what they need to do is score four goals, the fucking match, and just take it out of their hands. We just need to take it back into our hands. And if a decision like that happens, then so be it. We're not going to get four of those in a game. So, okay, let's take that into account and go out there and try... To do all we can to score three, four goals. Right now, we're not trying to do that. We're not being aggressive enough. We're not being attacking enough. We're not trusting ourselves enough. We're not taking enough risk. You know, we're just not. And we need to take more risk because at the end of the day, we're getting screwed anyway. So we have nothing to lose at this point. Zero, because what? What's the worst thing? Okay, we finish in seventh. We finish in ninth. Arguably, I'd rather finish in ninth. So I'm not playing on Thursdays.
3: Oh, one hundred percent. I guess finishing outside the top four would be very bad, though.
0: Of course it would, especially with the caliber of the players, the quality of the manager, the team, what we expect of this side, the mentality they've shown, the talent they've shown, the what we've become accustomed to. They would be absolutely... I, I, I can't imagine us not making, because it would be so just devastating like it doesn't make sense it just wouldn't we have to figure it out but the reality is we might not
3: yeah
2: and you know to me and if that is a reality and it does come into play i wouldn't sit there and think well all my players are gonna leave i i do believe that it would be like a a one-off, like, it would be a freak season scenario, and and it's a case of a regroup, because you've got players that, and we keep talking about this, we've got players that are injured, there's a lot of circumstances, it's not like, oh, we no longer believe in the manager, or oh, we don't believe in in his philosophy, it is a case of everything's gone fundamentally wrong we didn't have the fans, we didn't have this, we didn't have that, not, not having a pity party, but a lot of things didn't go our way, and this was a freak one season and maybe
3: you probably just have to freshen up the chemistry in the in the in in there too. Yeah.
0: Players leaving necessarily at this point, I think these guys have achieved all they can achieve together to be quite honest. Um, I think at a certain point you have to consider refreshing the squad. And I don't even mean that. I mean, I, you know, we're all fans of these guys. They've given us arguably the best moments of our lives as Liverpool fans in the last few years. Um, they've done things that we've been thirsting for for so long, you know, and, they've achieved those things and and it came at a cost, right? It, it came at, a, at an expense for them. And I think they're at a place where they're burnt out. They've given everything they can. There's a certain point in time where we're at a crossroads and we're just about there where we have to start looking ahead
2: too. Yes. Yeah, I think some little... You know, Ginny leaving at the
0: end of this year, that's as devastating as that is for me because I love Ginny Winaldum, one of my favorite Liverpool players ever. I think Justin would agree with this, um, but
3: it might be time
0: for him. I'm not just
3: saying that because he knows that I own a Jenny Wynaldum shirt.
0: Yeah, so do I. <laughs> but my, my, the point stands, right? Like some of these guys, it might not be necessarily bad for them or for us to start freshening it up, start thinking about next no, steps.
3: We, we have to say thank you for your service and move on with some of them, right? Like, you know. Yeah, Div I, Div should have been gone. Build them a statue, but don't be on this team anymore, bro.
0: Like, I'm yeah. sorry.
3: Look, James Milner is one of my favorite is one of my favorite Liverpool players also, cause uh, you know, over the past few years just because I find the personality very engaging and funny and, and yeah. very contrast with uh, you know, what you what was previously presented of him. But uh you know, and showing the good side of social media there. But like I also at the same time think that, you know, he's play there's there's more miles in that guy's legs than anybody else in the Premier League at the moment, right? Like by far. And the, you know, guy, guys have guys have only so many of them before everything starts to turn. Right? For him, it's turned. You saw it today. He he went out a few in a few performances. He's gotten the injuries are becoming more frequent. He's 35. What? It happens. And
0: availability gets- is the most important thing, right? So like even yeah. Nabby. If we move on from Naby, as much as I think he's incredibly talented and an incredible player, but if he's not on the pitch, what does it matter?
3: Right, exactly. Like
0: we need a body on those wages, so move him. If he's not going to yeah. figure it out, let's move him.
3: I mean, apparently Tiago hadn't trained all week, and I think it says a lot about what Jurgen's kind of thinking. If, if his bunker mentality is play Tiago, who hasn't trained all week when Milner come, goes down, then going to Ale- Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain.
0: Yeah, it's a, right. Ox, another one. If you're not yeah. going to play him, and, and, let him go.
3: And, and here, and here's the point about Ox, and I think this is clearly impacting how we how we do things at the moment. Right? We have no goal scoring from midfield at the moment. Last Zero. season, Ox was our fourth highest scorer. That's why I don't so. understand why we let. Minamino, go! Like, it
2: are we? It are we? Are we sort of become very sentimental? Do you think with some of these players? Oh yeah, I remember we did that against Barcelona. That, do you, yeah, but
3: you, yeah,
0: there, of course. But I think a Justin and me uh, are saying that we got to move on. Sometimes, no, still,
3: we're realistic about a, it. There's a point that Jurgen Klinsmann made about uh, when Kobe Bryant was given, I think, like 33 million dollars by the Lakers on a one year deal in his aged 30. Seven season where he's like in America they pay you based on past performance rather than what you can currently offer now Kobe Bryant's age 37 season his last season in the NBA it wasn't particularly great right he looked like a guy who played a lot of basketball in his life mm. and was aging out of the you know the ability to play yeah. well in the, uh, in the in the NBA
0: yeah people Clemson that watch that on a nightly basis were like yo this is a farewell tour we get it yeah. but it was infuriating Trust yeah,
3: me. You, you don't want to pay people for sentimentality. You want to pay people for what they're doing now. This is the one thing that Ferguson mastered and is why he stayed at the top for so long. Yes. Turned the yes. squad over.
2: Yep, the turnover.
3: You have a few you, – if you have six players who are instrumental to you winning, right, and they understand and continue the culture, you keep three, you find the three that you think will age best, and you get rid of the other three. We I mean, you think that.
0: about the strikers that they had in succession, one after the other, after the other. Like, they were prepared. You know even what I mean? They kept that season, shit pushing.
2: Yeah, even his last season was a stroke of genius. His team was aging, and he knew it. And he knew he couldn't get them over the finishing line. And he knew City were on his shoulder, literally behind his back. I'm just going to buy the best striker. Brings yeah. in Robin Van Percy, Boom, just get you a load of goals right later as I'm out. And then they all went to shit.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the same thing like look at look at the uh look at what they had when we were chasing them in 2008 2009 when we only had torres really as our as our main goal threat after we saw – you know cuz we had Robbie Keane for that half season but that really didn't work out. They could at any point in time bring on Wayne Rooney, Cristiano Ronaldo, Carlos Tevez or or uh who was the fourth?
2: Berbatov, was
3: Berb- not it? I think Berbatov. Uh, yeah, it was Berbatov. Uh, Berb- Berb- come- well, I, I thought Berbatov came Berb- no, Berbatov, it was Berbatov. Then.
2: It was Berbatov, yeah. Phenomenal strikers, by the way. Incredible. Yeah. All of them. But he knew. Right, why are
0: we waxing poetically about this? But Do it's, we again, want to it's talk about, about knowing, something else? It's,
3: no, it's about knowing when to build things <laughs> on and not being sentimental, and that's what, you know, that's unfortunately what FSG have not done. Uh, because, uh...
0: But is it an FG FSG, FSG on... thing? Is it an FSG thing, or is it a year I don't know. Who wanted because to at keep Because at Dortmund, at Dortmund, his last year, I'm not saying this is the same. But you saw the fatigue and you saw all that shit. And it was was sentimentality, too. Mm. To the point where he lets motherfuckers leave for free to the rival, Lewandowski, Gutz. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, bro. You can't succeed like that all the time. Eventually, you know, eventually the house wins, bro. You know what I mean? Like, it's a gamble all the time.
3: It's also like this football's a sport that gives you three year cycles, right? Yeah. We saw it with City. We saw it with us. It's just the we height just of their cycle. The height planning. of their cycle was just better than the height of their, their the height of their three, you know, cycle was, you know, arguably slightly better than ours. I don't know. Depth, bro. We both want, Depth. We both we both want a bunch of shit.
0: But anyway, yeah. That's what we need.
2: Okay, we need we new need- bodies. We need fresh blood. Yeah. New ideas. Yep.
3: sound like a politician.
0: (laughs) I've been watching a lot of news, bro. What else do I have to do? Yeah. False promises. Only owning up half of that. We'll figure it out.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to lie. My brother's been obsessed with CNN just watching the whole thing unfold. Because, you know... Things here aren't great, so it's always good to watch things across the pond. So that's that's. See that
0: they're not great there. Uh, Thank you, Min.
2: Wow. You know, let's yeah. just watch the whole uh, Trump, you know, saga. That's, he's been obsessed with it, literally. I'm like, oh my God. I remember when you're generally, ele- when you're, sorry, your general election. God, you could tell I live in England when you're, when the election was taking place and my mum kept watching it on the BBC. I'm like, this is boring as fuck. I'm like, why are you watching the BBC? It's so dull and it's so like, you know, so polite. I went, I mean, we don't get Fox News here, but I was like, at least watch CNN. I want to watch Americans. They're so dramatic. And she's watching, she's like, This is really good. I like, told you. <laughs> no. And you know what? That was met by really awkward silence, but it was meant to be a massive compliment to my American friends. We're just yeah. a bit dull here. That's what I'm going to say. Guys, I think we've come to the end of the pod. I'm not going to do a man of the match. There's absolutely no point. Any final thoughts before we close this off? Mando, I'll come to you.
0: Uh, on football, no um everybody take care of themselves, be kind, be kind to themselves um think about others, give where you can and um yeah, you know you'll never walk alone it'll get better
2: it will get better it's just a really, really bad moment right now, but you've got if you cut co- I'm not being funny if you're gonna take up all this if you load up all the all the good times, you got to take the rough as well. It, it goes hand in hand, just like life. Football's the same. Um, uh what about you, Justin? Um, uh please, 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 Emma, um, uh, give me some plugs. Anything that you're working on?
3: Um, I'm not working on anything at the moment. I am trying to, you know, actually, that's not true. Um, I am working on something at the moment. So, uh, LFCNY is uh is orchestrating a uh, food drive uh, slash donation drive for. Um, Father's Heart Ministry, and I'll, I'll 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 tweet this out so every so yeah we can uh you know you can retweet it and you can donate if you'd like, but uh you know we did a uh, in the lead up to the Merseyside Derby, uh, the first half of the season we raised about sixty five hundred dollars for fan supporting food banks alongside our uh, New York City Evertonians compatriots. Uh, we're we're trying this again in, ahead of next week's Derby. Um, this time instead of the uh, funds going to um, fan supporting food banks in Liverpool, we are going to be uh, Doing this on behalf of our local community and the Father's Heart, Heart, um, Heart Ministries, who we have worked with in the past and, uh, you know, usually do two canned food drives a season um, during the non-pandemic times. So um, if you can, we'd really appreciate you donating. And if you can't, if you can't donate to this, you know, just donate some cans of food to uh, your local food uh, banks because, um, you know, you can really help out some people who are suffering with hunger in at a, at a very tough time. 100%.
0: The so folks at LAFC NY are wonderful people doing a wonderful job in the community. Um, I've seen it firsthand. Um, Justin and the team do a great job. So please, everyone, support them and support your local community as best as you can. We're all we got food, right?
2: Absolutely. And Justin, yep, yeah, tweet it and also put it in Discord Steve Pizza yeah, as well. Absolutely. Just uh, t- you know you you know me i'm a bit everywhere a lot of things going on so text me the link as well and you know or, or or just send me the link to the tweet and we'll get it out there um let's get let's you know let's raise some funds because it is an absolutely wonderful worthy cause guys um thank you so much for listening um i know that was hard a massive thank you to both Yona and Dave for calling in really really appreciate their thoughts and commentary and a massive thank you to both Justin and Amanda incredible guests at stupid o'clock but uh, i i don't think i could have done it without them uh guys thank you so much for listening take care um i will be back on the pro side of things euro incision let's hope we're better in europe than we are on in in the premier league um take care look after yourselves and till next time up the reds